Hi, and welcome to the Everywhere podcast. We're a global community of founders and operators who've come together to support the next generation of builders. So the premise of the podcast is just that, founders interviewing other founders about the trials and tribulations of building a company. Hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone. Thanks for uh, tuning in. My name is Eamon Carey. I am a general partner at Terra Ventures. We are a generalist pre-seed and seed fund investing across the new Nordics and Central and Eastern Europe. Um, I'm also an LP in Everywhere Ventures, which is where this conversation came from. And uh, I'm lucky today to be joined by one of our portfolio founders, one of our joint uh, portfolio founders, where I led the investment from Terra and where Everywhere Ventures also participated. Uh, I've got Anton from Stackend on the line. Anton, thank you for uh, for joining us. No, thank you for having me. So maybe take us back a little bit, kind of where did where did Stackend come from? Kind of what's what's your background? What led you to uh, to starting this company? Because it's actually quite a lot of research and time that's gone into to building out the tool that you have today. Yeah, it's probably like plus twenty years, <laughs> uh, and and uh, it started like around two thousand something like that, where I was working together with uh, a more famous person than me called Sebastian Knudsen, one of the founders of King. So we were having a product manager group where our task was to invent new, like new business ideas for like is Europe at that time. And the only thing that we made money on was community-based, like dating and stuff like that. Um, so roll forward, we quit that. He started, he started King. We started Josh and um, our former company. And we were building a community backend platform for enterprise uh, software or companies. And uh, the reason why was because we had only built software that could handle, you know, 30, 40 million visitors a week, etc. So we thought that that was a good starting point. And we were building that and we got quite good traction with, with a lot of media companies in Europe, um, doing blogs, doing uh, comments, like article comments and stuff like that. I think, I think we made the world's first article comments in 2004. Uh, at least for newspaper. I'm not sure the world and, will uh, thank you for that one, but... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, and then we we sort of like went from there for 10 years, something like that. And we started to, or at least I started to feel that like working with media companies were a bit uh, dangerous. I sort of like seen it as something that would die eventually because at least in sweden or in europe they were um not as progressive as you would want and so we started to focus a little bit on working with other companies that we thought could have usage of of a community feature as as we were building and looking at starting work with beyond bori that kind of companies like e-commerce companies and this was still quite early like 2015 16 somewhere around that but we were doing a lot of like become, I guess, influencers. So, you know, doing blogs and so on, but combining it with um, Stadium, which is like a sports warehouse in Sweden, quite big, and doing competition where you could take pictures of yourself uh, again before Instagram and send them up to, you know, a picture of yourself in your underwear, your Bjorn Boy underwear. And then you could, there was like a weekly win. This was really, really popular, extremely popular in the gay community, actually, which was fun. Uh, everyone was looking amazing. So that's that. And then we, we did that for a while, uh, but that was installation software. So it was kind of zombie software. 
Uh, so we thought that we need to come up with something. Uh, and in, I, I can't remember now, some of the King project that we were working with at that time, we were building, I don't know, maybe 30, 50 sites, something like that for them, for all their brands, like Candy Crush Log and so on. And we were duplicating endless amount of code for all these sites. Uh, and every time we were doing this, they had to pay like 5,000 euro for changing an email address or something like that, because there's you know a lot of releases and, and stuff like that. Um, but then we, 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 as React was coming to the market and getting more and more mature, uh, the language React, we uh, found a way to, to start back-end rendering and front-end rendering quite complex functionality and stream it to the front-end. So that was the original idea. Uh, <laughs> not a very short story. but And um, we thought that was cool because then we could have like the code centralized and then just have like a small tag at, at these 50 sites or whatever and stream it to those so you can have the same footer and so on. And, and then that evolved. Um, and we thought that was the product. And then we realized that, hey, it's even more fun if you combine it with shopping. And then live shopping was starting to come in, in, in Asia, et cetera. So it, it sort of like evolved from there. And tell us a little bit about Stackend as it is today then, kind of what's the, mm. what's the elevator pitch how are you helping these kind of e-commerce companies and, and and how do you kind of track success i guess yeah yeah so yeah the elevator pitch it's um it's a social shopping platform uh today targeted towards uh, shopify uh, because of their their market size uh, but it's not limited to to shopify we could integrate towards anything if it's worthwhile um, and what it does is that it it combines uh, content commerce, live commerce, uh, community commerce uh, as modules that you add to your Shopify store. Uh, and the, I, I like why we think this is something is that the more loyalty you can build with community on your own platform rather than on Meta or Facebook or yeah on Instagram or Facebook or God forbid TikTok, the the more um loyalty you can build around your products around your brands on so it's an excellent way to 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 build like a, a brand story and a build a, a, a relations with your user if you have a relationship with your user on instagram then that's owned by instagram you know but we want it we want the store owner to have the relationship with them right on their store and, and what does success look like for your customers then it's it sounds like it's increased retention it's increased revenue it's 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 all of that and more i'd guess yeah it's i mean the boring topic which works best is that it lowers uh, customer acquisition cost it increases loyalty it increases like the inspirational mood that you're in you increase trust because you trust word of mouth and that's actually like the the, the smaller the community the higher the trust value for word by mouth equity and so on so it's like lower lower customer acquisition costs higher loyalty or increased loyalty and, and increased conversion are the pillars what's the biggest challenge for you guys i guess there are so many shopify merchants out there that that one of them has to be kind of how do you reach the right people how do you convert them but but maybe talk me through some of the biggest issues that you guys are facing we've been in a similar situation actually quite long ago <laughs> with a former software. And that's when we tried to convince someone that uh, something that doesn't really exist, you know, uh, that this is the right way to go. Uh, and it's always easier to do what you did yesterday. It's always easier to pay, you know, another week where we pay Google for the ads, et cetera, rather than start building up. So taking 
people to the place where they they think that okay you know this is this what you're saying seems right uh it makes sense it's logic but maybe next week you know or maybe in three months or maybe so you know the uh, and then you meet a few people that are not like that it's like you know hell yeah let's do it and and then they just do it um but for every uh, i don't know number for this like a million or something like that th that's one one in a million of those people mm -hmm. most people like to do what they did yesterday uh so i think that's the that's the struggle on the other hand once you get past that and they see uh, three or four are doing it or you know you can point to something so it's always that first hurdle i think is the hardest which is where we're now and uh, we're starting to gain our first two three clients that we actually can point to and say hey look they are doing this and then the next excuse will be yeah but they're selling clothes and we are selling barbecue or whatever or 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 fish or you know so but at some point they will run out of excuses <laughs> and then um, it tends to go a lot faster is my at least gut feeling for this as well yeah, I know when, when we started talking first, we had a lot about this kind of idea of almost hybrid shopping, that, that how do you, uh, e-commerce retail at the moment is very boring. It's very similar to when I bought the first yeah. book on Amazon, you know, 20 years ago. How do you how do you make that kind of store experience more engaging and, and more compelling? And I think you're right. It, it feels like it, it needs a few big names to kind of get over the line or a few well-known companies to get over the line before everyone starts, starts doing it. And are you seeing any common threads. I mean, I know you post on LinkedIn about some of the, the companies that have been that have been signing up, and it is across a pretty broad range of of industries. And, and I know you're talking to some larger clients and partners as well. But it, is there any common thread that those folks have? Is it kind of certain industries that you're seeing more pull from or, or interest in, in, in different kind of aspects of the product? I, I think it's uh, maybe a quantity in 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 <laughs> in skincare and beauty uh you know it's it's quite easy to imagine uh you know now i'm putting on makeup or or if it's video th that kind of stuff there's also a, a huge company in sweden or actually in europe even called lyco uh lyco.com that has built their own community invested like millions into this um and is focusing a lot on community and they are within the beauty segment so there's like a there's a shining star there. What we're offering is basically that on stereo, stereo, steroid, uh, <laughs> hard word in Swedish. Anyway, but for you know sixty dollars per month, and and they will be ready in in fifteen minutes or an hour tops, something like that. It's uh, that's the easy segment because they they are all very very stressed because they are doing really well, and they are doing really well because they managed to build a community around their beauty products and so on. So, so it's easy to for, in that segment. Uh, so most of the leads we have are in that segment. Otherwise, I would say it's on a more like almost a personal level, mm -hmm. where you meet founders that have created their own product. That takes a lot of drive, you know. Created their own uh, alcohol-free uh, alternative for women and so on uh, from from Holland or or similar things jewelry or whatever but when there's a founder who actually has a product not just like drop shifting something from asia then it's also a lot easier because they have that like true entrepreneur spirit they know that i need to try everything because you know you never know what works so those kind of personalities are way easier uh, than say the catalog <laughs> or something like that you know uh, that's that's a uh, 
a lot harder to discuss or to to get them over. Yeah, that's a bigger beast to uh, to to deal with, and, and a slow moving oil tanker. I know you have um, one or two enterprise customers that are taking a little bit of time to to get to yeah, full deployment. Yeah, so. two years and counting. <laughs> <laughs> On that topic, what what keeps you awake at night? What are some of the kind of big areas of of concern that you have around the business? Well. My dogs keep me awake at night, actually, but <laughs> I focus a lot on like trying to find that magic formula that never is just one thing. It's like fifth or for at least my experience, never one thing. So I'm sort of like, okay, I'm succeeding with this. I get I get their attention. How do I get them to the next step? Or what am I doing wrong with the uh, with the videos or what you know, like promo videos and so on for the products? So I think that there's a lot of stuff like in go to market increase traction basically that's almost mm -hmm. the only thing i think about right now which is a shame because i love thinking about product development and new buttons and so on but right now the focus can't be that much new buttons but rather like go to market and, and, and traction so yeah a lot of focus on that right now what would you say I mean, outside of, of of thinking about buttons what would you say is your superpower right what's the thing that you're best known for I think I'm quite good at coming up with new stuff that hasn't existed before, even though I'm decently technical. At one point in my life, I was an absolute awful developer. <laughs> but uh, I, I know that feeling. Yeah, <laughs> I was that guy too. <laughs> but uh, but I still understand because I've done it for a few years and you know done done the back end, done the front end. I understand the whole idea around how it, how it works, uh, and and sometimes even I can you know find reason why something doesn't work. But I love to combine like this with that and then create something new that people would find useful. Whatever fields it's in, I like to create like experiences for, for people that, and I find it extremely boring to do like a copy of something that exists, but is a little bit cheaper or, you know, uh, maybe a, a, a little bit more bluish or whatever. So I like to build something that hasn't existed and, and have actually like a, a track record of ideas that was never launched at uh, like YouTube before, six years before YouTube and so on, uh, which I, I, I realized 50,000 other people as well had. <laughs> uh, but then also I don't typically just have the ideas regardless if it's within the company. I also push them through. I learned to develop or I learned I really know to be able to build something or whatever. So I, I have this, the superpower might be called HDHD, but <laughs> it's, you know, I, I, I never stop. I, I just continue until it's done. So I think that's my superpower. Yeah, I think, um, I think every, every founder has a, a little black book of ideas that they're building or that they'll get to or that they have a side hustle for or you know once they got away over the uh, over the years so i can i can definitely empathize with with that are there people that you look up to are there people that you view as as mentors you mentioned uh sebastian from from king.com and obviously we're co-investors with with lars one of the other co-founders of, of king.com in 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 stackend but who are some of the people that have made a big difference in in your life in your career yeah i think that like going from pure tech guy to being more like a product and concept developer uh not just but actually like do it as as a work <laughs> like as a job and uh, that was sebastian who hired me for for that uh, for and we worked together for four years 
and uh, it's it's he's super fun to work with because he's creative and he's also very very friendly but it's also a bit frustrating because regardless of what idea you had or concept you had his reply was almost always like yeah i think i have a powerpoint and then he <laughs> made the whole idea you know he's he's also like constantly coming up with these like small schemes and ideas etc so it's um but it, that was very inspiring and it's also quite competitive so you you call like he's undoubtedly successful you know so but at that point he was like a little bit more mediocre <laughs> successful so you, you you sort of like compete with one of the best which i i know i don't but like in my inner feeling is that i'm competing with something you know and uh, at that point that was really good because you wanted to bring something better to the table than what he could come mm -hmm. up with which was hard but that also like put a level on it so i think that um that was really it was inspiring there's also i don't know Jonas Schellberg, he's a swedish investor was running skype with niklas for a while he's a really i don't know it's not it was, we only work for a few months but the energy that guy has we call him Dura Selberg. <laughs> he was, uh, you know, which is a uh, might be funnier in Sweden, but in Swedish because his name was Shelberg. The energy he had was very inspiring, and it was also all about sales, you know. And he was not ashamed. He was almost like an American approach, which is quite unusual for for Swedes. Yeah, and then. I mean, you meet so many. I like Chomo a lot. Like I like talking mm -hmm. to Chomo from Rental. Um, it, and it's not about like being starstruck, but rather like I love talking to this guy. And I, I feel that he also enjoyed talking to me because we sort of like click on the same level and then you mm -hmm. you grow with that basically. So and what's I suppose people We'll know Sweden for for a variety of different reasons, right? Whether it's kind of Ericsson or Klarna or, or Spotify or, or Volvo, right? But maybe they don't know the the tech ecosystem so well. How would you kind of describe the the Swedish ecosystem? It sounds like from what you said, it's still small enough that you can kind of know the people who run the very successful businesses. So is it quite a kind of supportive place for for founders? I know certainly there's tons of angel investors, yeah, and, and funds there. Yeah, it, it's I think depending on on age but like if you're plus 40 in sweden and you work within internet there's a huge chance if you was in stockholm that you've been at like four one of four companies that then ended up to four thousand companies basically so it was like before the internet bubble in, in the early 2000 there was three or four major companies uh, that was doing like consulting and was doing internet basically you know before it was cool one of them was was uh, Spray Network, which was Sebastian. It was Richard that started Cree. It was Sebastian who started. You know, it was uh, Matthias Nietzsche who started. I think it was some kind of with online paper dolls, but that ended up in something else, and that ended up in being you know some of the founders from Spotify, etc. And because you know like five of these guys, and then you know their friends, friends, and so on, it's quite easy you can ask Sebastian could you talk to this guy on Klarna <laughs> Sebastian mm -hmm. on Klarna or something like that and he can reach out so it's it's uh, I think it's way much harder to be in in New York trying to reach out to a CEO for a, for a Nasdaq company 
uh, than it is in Stockholm. But I, I think it's cool because Swedish company typically at least have always almost uh, a, a global approach, Spotify, Klarna, et cetera. They, the, the focus is never Sweden, you know, it's mm. always, and that's also coming from that time when when that internet companies were say like, hey, why should we, I mean, th this IP address or domain, it works in other countries as well, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. I think it's something that's very similar in in Ireland, right? Like your your home market is never going to be big enough for you to build a really big company in. And so you have to kind of yeah. think, hey, UK or US or, or other places. And I think you're right, that kind of density of network that you probably know someone who knows someone and, and um, can kind of get you a, an intro or a connection is just absolutely in, invaluable. So let's move move on to the speed round. Um, okay, yeah. We, we talked a little bit about Stockholm and, and Sweden, which I can recommend as a place to visit. But if you could live anywhere else in the world for a year, where mm. would it be? Australia. Yeah, for sure. I, I, there's, I love this for like overlanding and, and four-wheel driving and fishing and hunting and all that. Beside the fact that everything wants to kill you if you're there, but, but the whole like, uh, I, I, I don't know. I haven't been there. I've been a lot, in a lot of places. I haven't been to Australia. So I would really want to experience Australia for you. Yeah. Yeah, I've only ever flown over it on my way to uh, New Zealand, but the, the thought of going somewhere where so many things are actively trying to kill you is, uh, is slightly yeah. terrifying. Yeah, yeah, I would probably. I have actually some friends that live there as well, and they are still alive, you know, been there for <laughs> they've made it, they've years. so far. <laughs> so it's doable. Any books you're reading or podcasts that you're enjoying at the moment? Yeah, it goes in phases, obviously. But right now I'm leading, reading uh, Peter Englund. He's in the committee for the Nobel Prize and it's called Evil Night's Dreams if I translate it to, to English he's he's an historian uh, and mm. it's based on letters from World War II and, and it's yeah it's a thick one <laughs> but it's uh, he, he's he's excellent but but you, you, you can't be a bit sleepy when you start reading it but it's very interesting I like history and, and stuff like that and I also listen a lot to various history podcasts and so on like listening to technical or media podcasts and so on obviously not this one but it's uh it can be <laughs> it can be inspiring but a lot of these like big podcasts and so on and they, I, I feel that they, it's a bit like kicking in open doors it's it's about ai or something like that it's, you know <laughs> there's a touch of ground okay uh, yeah, 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 exactly. where it's yeah, just repeat yeah. over and over and over again so i'm with you on uh, on that front um, any productivity hacks, any ways that you kind of psych yourself up or things that you do to, to get yourself in? Yeah, I mean, uh, I copy paste initially, and then I change that. And that typically gives me new ideas. And then I rewrite it. But just to have something to start with, it's been a dream come true, actually, with ChatGBT, you know, when you want to write text or when you want to create something and produce something. And you can just, I, I set it up so he has like different personalities depending on what I want to do. And that's, that's uh, it's really helpful actually. So I think that, I mean, again, we were not talking about AI and so on, but it's been really, really good just to have someone to, to throw ideas with and so on. Productivity hack. Uh, I want to say something smarter than that, but that's probably the one. I yeah. think that's a pretty good productivity hack. <laughs> like, I yeah. think having having someone to bounce ideas off and uh, use as a sounding board, someone in inverted commas, uh, is not a bad thing. And from what I've heard, um, anyone who's had the the chance to check out the new version of the product where you can talk physically, talk to um, the chat GPT, it kind of changes the game again and becomes almost kind of like a her type of experience where 
it feels really like a person rather than the, the slightly clunky verbosa. Yeah, it's scary how good it, it is, actually. Obviously, it's scary, but it's also very useful, you know. Yeah. So it, it's, uh, yeah, it, I use it for everything, hours per day, actually. Uh, but then it's not like write my <laughs> resume or something like that, but rather, you know, write something about this, give me 10 ideas around this and so on. And then you pick like combine two and three. So it's like having a slave or something, <laughs> uh, <laughs> a text slave. I'm trying to force our developers to use it, you know, which mm. is tricky uh, because there's like uh, a million stuff that it can do that they can do, obviously. It just goes so much faster. So it's basically like, like it's the same for them. It's quite decent or actually really good at coding. But um, now haven't gone there. Been, been, I haven't been successful in that area yet. But uh, <laughs> give it time. We'll yeah. revisit in a year. We'll see if it's, yeah. uh, if it's made a difference. Yeah. And then last question: Where where can listeners find you if they want to find out more about Stackend, or if they want to connect with you? Are you LinkedIn or? I'm on LinkedIn, Andreas Streberg, uh, obviously, and then uh, Stackend.com, Anton at Stackend.com. If you want to email me. I don't know. Where you can find you if if they ever find themselves on a beach in uh, in Sweden and see a tiki bar uh, with you, yeah, and then they can come <laughs> up and have a drink. Yeah, they should. Uh, they should. I reply to everything except people who want to sell me offshore uh, <laughs> developers. There's, that's fair. That's very that's fair. fair. <laughs> the property market in Bulgaria is not as hot as it used to be. I guess it's like five hundred a day or something like that. No, I feel sorry for them. I do. A dirty yeah. job, but someone's got to do it. Anton, yeah. thank you for uh, for taking the time to have a chat and telling us about uh, about Stackend, and uh, we look forward to following your progress over the coming weeks, months, and uh, and years. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. It was really fun talking again. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us, and hope you enjoyed today's episode. For those of you listening, you might also be interested to learn more about Everywhere. We're a first check pre seed fund that does exactly that: invests everywhere. We're a community of 500 founders and operators, and we've invested in over 250 companies around the globe. Find us at our website, everywhere.vc, on LinkedIn, and through our regular founder spotlights on Substack. Be sure to subscribe, and we'll catch you on the next episode.